Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Conversation With. Over here at Agora Community, we have um, another amazing guest lined up. Um, another, another person from, uh, David Hubert's past from, uh, from, from, uh, from DreamWorks. They, they're colleagues from back in the good old days, a uh, very talented animator. I'm not going to do the intro because David knows him much better than I do. So we're going to bring on David so he can do the, uh, the big uh, song and dance about Mr. Pierre. One sec. Hello, David. Hey, Brent. Hello. Somehow I steal you as a frozen picture, and this time I'm not on oh, Wi-Fi, yeah. so I don't know. My hmm. internet, it's it's fine. You came back, but it seemed that my internet and restream, there, there's something. They well, it's trying along. to it's trying to pair a bunch of streams together, and so like sometimes it's not even your internet. It could be the actual restreams connection to the internet. Like so, who knows what's going on? But here I yeah. am. I have not. Disappeared. I think it's easy to forget all the technology that had <laughs> yeah. to go right at the yeah, yeah. at the perfect time. Yeah, I, I think that was the main consensus after the twenty-four hour challenge that we, you know, when we had time to reflect a little yeah. bit after the weekend of all the stream with almost zero technical problem, and we were yeah. like, "Oh yeah, wait, did that really happen?" Because I remember it's in yeah. that a lot of things need to go right to have yeah. like twenty-five people all yes. over the world stream and all the yeah. aligned and. Yeah, big issues. So. I just remember feeling that you jinxed the whole thing because we were we were lamenting about how like or just kind of just tripping over ourselves, laughing at like how did that even like was our first time doing something so epically large? Well, first time doing anything online really, and then suddenly we decided rather than just start small, we decided why not just do a twenty four hour challenge? How car, how how hard could it possibly be? And it went pretty well and then i remember the subsequent streams that i did to follow up that like the announcement video were a freaking train wreck and i'm just like david david <laughs> jinxed it so thanks, i david. totally jinxed it you totally did good job um hey we, we did we skip last week uh yeah well we didn't skip we just didn't have anything lined up last week um so yeah i, we, I felt that there was something missing in, in my week now I now i know now i know what it was yeah. and pierre is here today to fill that void Yes, no. exactly. Uh, Pierre, a um, great friend of, uh, of mine that we had the, the, the chance to, uh, to, to meet at DreamWorks. A uh, little background. I mean, uh, Pierre, French animator, went to the Gobelin. For those that were at the stream with uh, Olivier, was, mm. uh, they were actually in the same class. They worked oh, on the no, same I didn't know final that. film, the, uh, the Building. Mm. Where both of them were in the, uh, oh, the Building. Man, I love that movie. Or that, that short film is so, so freaking good. Yeah, that, that's one of the things uh, I definitely want to discuss with Pierre because the oh. amount of amazing short film that appeared in, in a period of time. in It was in all, yeah. It, it was, was like back to, like back to back to back. What is going on at this school? So anyway, Pierre was right in the mm. middle uh, of it. So we'll be able to um, talk a little bit about it. So um, graduated as a traditional animator, worked a little bit on Curious George, Nocturna, uh, Go West, uh, Looky Look Adventure, and then... Uh, went to DreamWorks. So I believe wow. he, he probably will be able to confirm, but Kung Fu Panda, The Secret of the Furious Five, the uh, 2D animated short film, I think, was mm -hmm. his uh, first gig over there, which mm. he won an uh, any award for it. So, you know, what a way <laughs> to make an did. impression, of course. Um, 
after that monster versus alien which is i believe he, he was forced to do the transition from traditional to uh, cg animation uh shrek forever after which is where we uh, the, the first project that we uh, worked on to, together which is where you know how to become a good cg animator and then right away, Kung Fu Panda 2 as a lead animator, and then Rise of the Gardeners as a supervising animator, and then head of character animation on another project after that got canceled, unfortunately. But of course, because it's Pierre, he still got promoted to be a director <laughs> on Buildy, um, uh, Dream or Short Film, and now he's the uh, director of uh, The Bad Guys. Um, so a... Uh, director at DreamWorks with extensive experience in animation, both traditional and CG animation. So this will be a very interesting I'm not, discussion. I'm not impressed. Today. I'm not impressed. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, we went through all the good guests uh, when we started and now... Yeah, you know, we got to hit the bottom slowly. of the barrel at some point, right? <laughs> I'm just I'm watching, I'm watching Pierre off screen. No one knows. We, we can see him. He's probably just like, just let me in there so I can fight back. Um, so before we bring in Pierre, I want everyone to make sure that they say nice things in chat about his office. He was a little bit, he was a little bit worried about how that backdrop wasn't, you know, it didn't have enough pop in it. So make sure you give him lots of encouraging words because we think it looks great, but uh, we would take him anyway. We'd take him in a dark room because uh, Pierre is pretty awesome. So let's bring him in. Hello, Pierre. Hey, you guys. <laughs> how about you? Not bad. How did it feel to have everyone talking about you and you not be able to participate at all? I'm sure it felt really great. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, yeah, my friend. I think it's it looks great. Pretty it's pretty good. I like it shows just the right amount of creativity and chaos, which, yeah, and, yeah. And, which represents you perfectly. With a, little, with a little side order of comfort with the couch, right? So even though you said it's the world's most uncomfortable couch, but nobody knows that. They know that now. But... I'm just the one knowing it, you know. <laughs> Terrible mess. Mm, terrible mess. Thing. Good. 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 It, it so, must, so you're you're at the DreamWorks office right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Must feel a, a little bit a little bit empty uh, right now with the, actually, compared to how actually, many people there there you is. You know, the whole floor was probably three of us. So <laughs> look at look at chat. Are you reading yet. chat right now? Give me, look at all the encouraging words in chat up your office. <laughs> I love the door. Since, uh, oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I've been yeah. back in Turkey since uh, when? Probably March or April, something like this. But it's just really a few of us here. I mean, now yeah. it's back, you know, back in like kind of normal times. It's just great to see people. In oh, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's let's let's dive right through it. We're going to go in not chronological uh, chronological oh, order but that just would be all over the place mm -hmm. um so how we'll get back to how you got there but you have the chance to direct your first animated feature mm -hmm. at dreamworks and of course people will see how it aligned with all the other events but as you're ready to go boom pandemic now good luck you have to be a director <laughs> of an animated feature from uh. how how, how was that experience to be directing? Because you're pretty much a conductor of not like many different teams. How yeah, yeah. did you just handle it on your side from home? Well, when it happens to you on your first movie, <laughs> that's the only experience you have. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so you can't no reference point. Yeah. You know, it's a reference point. So it actually went rather okay. I mean, in a way, you know, the movie is pretty, pretty ambitious and Lot, 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 lot to do. Um, even in a regular circumstances, it would have been 
little difficult to do. And then we had a rather compressed schedule. And then this, this hit, you know, mm -hmm. and so we had to, you know, because, because of many reasons, but one of that, because of, because of the pandemic and because it was ambitious, because we, obviously you slow down because you can't, you can't be fully, you know, 100% productive, you know, when, uh, mm -hmm. when you're home. I mean, not in our, in our environment here. So you're not as fast at, at home as you are in the studio. So we had to delay the movie by a, a few months, but which was great because, you know, we're supposed to be released literally two weeks from now, uh, earlier, oh, wow. like two weeks, like yeah. mid-September, like we would be released now. And the movie is not finished anyway. So, so it, it was almost a blessing because as much you didn't have a reference of what it is to direct a movie on site, the studio didn't have a reference of how a director should be directing from home. One. So it's almost like, oh, sorry, guys, we'll have to deal a few months. You know, that's that's just what happens mm. when there's a pandemic. And they're like, exactly. okay, I guess. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm good. Actually, you know, that's super interesting. Because, I mean, it went really well for a few reasons. The first one is I think we have a team that is... Um, because I come from production, as you as you said, you know, I've, I've been through so many movies as an animator and story artist, and that I know, like all the all the heads of my departments are friends that I know really really well, and so there's you know that you know kind of a, I mean we know each other they've been knowing each other for so long, but that's kind of a like shortcuts, you know, you you can you can they know what you like and you know mm -hmm. what they are, and then you can trust them, so that helped tremendously in. Uh, making sure that everything was on on track uh production team was fantastic um so but honestly for me directing is mostly meetings and approvals you know hmm. uh, but when you're an animator when you're a story artist or a dev artist or fx artist you have to be on the machine doing the, the work and so you have to connect in vpn in get your you know load up the, the system the software I and mean, all of this i don't have to do this i just look at work and just yeah. say yes or nay, you know, and yeah. it's, uh, it's in a way it's, it's, it's rather, you know, simple for me. I mean, yeah. so that's, that's kind of the, the thing, the, the one thing that you miss really is all about being together and just being able to have those moments of, you know, you cross each other in the, in the hallway, or grab a cafe, coffee together and you just chat up small things without organizing a whole meeting. And I mean, you, we all know that I mean, we're yeah, all yeah. in the same thing, in the same boat, but. So that's more this that human connection that you miss, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it was a it was an interesting experience. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the things that were super difficult. Those improvised uh, and even brainstorming in uh, whether it's with Zoom and, and all that. It's it's not the same. There's all those little cues. No one is looking in each mm. other's eyes. There's yeah. this little latency difference that makes it awkward that you kind of yeah. can speak to each other, especially as you're getting creative and and excited. So. It's not that it cannot be done. It's just that it's uh, it's there's a little bit more friction as you're trying. Totally. To and I gotta say though, there's like incredible like on the other side, there's stuff that we discovered that were actually much better than being on site. Like for instance, um, able to record the actors together. You, know, mm. you usually can't do because you know in a in a sound booth, you know they can't speak over each other, so you have to to separate both both actors and mics. In our case, you know, you have one recording in New York, one recording in LA or whatever, you know, and then, then you can have two or three actors together. You know, that's that's one thing, that one perk. Mm. Um, we, we didn't have so far a good system to be able to draw over uh, the any 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 shot that I would, that you would see uh, at the studio. Disney has has been having it for a long time. For some reason, we never really managed to get one that works and was efficient. Um, but 
being online, we all use Sync Sketch. I don't know if you guys know that software. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And and yeah. and that allowed me to. Now I'm a pain in the ass with everyone because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, like this. It, it it was a great a great way to be very interactive. Same thing, like how do you do editorial when your editor is home? You know, and then we we have that system called Evercast, where it's a room, it's a virtual room where we can see, uh, in real time, editor editing from his place to my place. But the cool thing about this is like you can bring as many people as you want in your room, and you can just set up a meeting like this. And therefore, if my composer is in London. And it's easy for him to log in and check the music from London, which we'll never have, we'll never be able to do unless he comes here and we fly him here. So it, it has a lot of, I mean, you guys have a studio, an online studio, you know, everything I'm talking about is like da dummy. It's obvious. Um, and, but for us, it, Not was, necessarily. it was, it was a, it was a nice wake up call, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I think there's definitely, it, it required people to adapt and, and things that were <laughs> possible before that people either didn't think it was possible or it was not convenient or they, but what you mentioned, of, you know, usually in very rare occasion, you have actors in the same booth, but mm -hmm. usually they record like separately. Um, if this could be a new way that wait, they can be like in different city, but we can sing mm -hmm. them together and we not oh. have the know-how and the system for them to not be physically there, but to feed of each other performance to, to exactly. get the same kind that might be a new thing that is going to yeah. become mainstream with all other production now. Completely. Completely. Yeah. And, and it's funny because at the, when, when that started, I think it took really the, the, the performances of each of those platforms, you know, uh, online platforms just to record or to uh, like when we're not that great when we started, you know, and then after a few months, they were all like up to par. Like it was like they upgraded every single one of them, you know, the internet bandwidth was a lot faster. So in a way, it just gave such a boost for all these, uh, these, uh, these apps and, and, and platforms it was great, you know, so now it works pretty seamlessly and we're so used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, did you find yourself like, um, compensating in some ways, like with the way that you would direct a group of people, like were, were like, what, what ways did you sort of come up with that helped sort of at least mitigate some of that loss of connection with the, the old physical connection with people in the room? Did you, did you change your style in some way? Did you change the, 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 the way you deliver information? Were there tools that you started to leverage in a way that sort of helped compensate a little bit in your mind? I think drawing more. Really. Drawing more. Drawing more. Yeah, it was for me the, the the key in a way. Obviously, a lot of text message, much more than. <laughs> right. Right. Hey, can I jump on uh, on a quick call? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, and then being really like uh, re reiterating the notes, I would say, if it got too long, just like, mm. hey, hang on, let me just reiterate what I right. said. You know, uh, like the quick the checklist at the end to make sure that everybody got it. I mean, we're again, we're on big studio and it's incredibly comfortable because you have like you know armies of people taking notes for you mm -hmm. uh, and then sending that to everybody in the department so it's super well organized so of course you know this is something that it's a it's very luxury you know big luxury for us um for me definitely you know operation seems incredible and the assistance um, so that is it's uh, it's made to to be comfortable, but uh, but yeah. In any case, you know, it's making sure that you deliver the information in a very clear mm. fashion, you know, and and always try to keep a which is by the way true when you're in person, but I think even more so when you're uh, experiencing something like the pandemic, you know, a pandemic where 
a lot of personal dramas, obviously, throughout the team and throughout their, all of oh, us. Oh, yeah. And so keep keep a great face. Just be the one that is like, has the energy and, and, and smiles and, and, and uplifts everyone all the time because otherwise, you know, you're just perpetrating a vicious cycle of moping and, and not being not being great, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel it's this kind of challenge that show which team or which studio has, you know, great leadership, not just managers that make things run, but, you know, leaders that can understand what people are going through and kind of adapt yeah. uh, accordingly. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it made me, it made all of us, I think, a lot more in touch with our humanity. You know what I mean? Like, like it's all about, you know, the sensibility of each other and just, just, Mm -hmm. You kind of you have a little bit window of the, and the, li the personal lives of every single one of your colleagues, and <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I would say especially in the beginning. I remember the first few weeks, everyone reaching at each other. Are you okay? Are you fine? Is there anything we can do? Okay, and you're just kind of uh, assessing that everyone is uh, uh, is fine. Um, I'd like to jump back a little bit in time, like way back, with a pretty simple question for, uh, for I was you, Pierre. A baby with big, cheeky, rosy buttocks. Perfect. <laughs> Let's fast forward this part. Why animation? <laughs> <laughs> what, what led you to go at uh, uh, the Goblins? Um, I, I actually discovered it quite late because I discovered it when I was in high school. I was. Um, 16, 17, something like this. Um, I, I always loved drawing, uh, but I, I, I took a kind of a scientific career. And then halfway through, you know, because in France, you you know, you, you kind of choose at the time you chose, all right, I'm going to go, you know, sciences or I'm going to go literature, I'm going to go, you know, uh, economy, kind of the three main branches, let's say, and there, there were others, but, uh, and started on, on science and then but in my high school there was that uh, you know art class i mean art kind of curriculum and i was really into drawing even though i didn't take any lessons and whatnot but i knew i liked it you know and i, I had something so and, and, a, and a friend of mine just was like yeah hey, do you want to come over I just just check what we do and then i was just fell in love with it so i was like a, i asked the school can i go into this one and they're like yeah you're gonna have to double your year if you want to do that and i'm like okay i'm gonna do that and my mom was like what are you supposed to uh don't you want to be a physical therapist or whatnot i was like yeah but no and so i put that <laughs> double that year and went back into arts art studies uh and um and loved it but i wanted to be at the time because those were like applied arts so it was like uh, uh advertising and um and uh, design and, and, and uh, industrial design. And I, I wanted to be a, a car designer. I wanted to be, uh, you know, the guys that do the amazing concept yeah. cars rough with the, you know, the alcohol, you know, markers and whatnot. Those were like amazing for me. So I wanted to do that. And then just before I graduate, and because I had done science, so all the general, you know, kind of a, a, a curriculum was pretty easy for me because I, done, I doubled and on a, on a very scientific cursus. And so Easy, so I had to just focus on the art part. <clears throat> and just before graduating, I, I just catch that um, uh, uh, kind of a talk show, no, 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 not a talk show, like documentary. And they were talking about some French guys over here in, in Hollywood doing some animation. And I was like, you can do, you can leave from this. <laughs> and uh, you can draw a character and, uh, 
It was the guys from DreamWorks, really, the last of all my friends now. I mean, like, our friends, you know, they're Prolog and, and, and Bruce and Christoph Sion, mm -hmm. these guys. Uh, and they all came from the same school. And I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I want to do. So there was like open houses for the schools, you know, later that year. And so my, my parents and I would go for all the design, uh, industrial design schools up in Paris. And then we end with Dublin, which was that school. And I'm like, all right, everything there. <laughs> This is the one. This is amazing, you know that school was fantastic. You know, like you could see people animating on paper, which was magic, and then you could see small movies, and you could, the guys had like little sketchbooks, and it was great, and everybody could draw so well. I'm like, oh my god, how do you do this? So, so I was like, okay, this is what I want to do, you know. And then took the because it's a it's an entrance exam that's pretty uh, selective, so took that entrance exam a few months later. Obviously, got booted out immediately because it was pretty difficult, and then and then I decided to just you know learn to draw accurately, you know. So I went to an art school for three years in, in, in Lyon called Emile Cole, which is a very uh, kind of traditional type of drawing. You know, you do modeling and perspective and anatomy and this kind of stuff until you get good enough, I got a good enough, you know, animation, uh, drawing skills, applied to the, to the exam again and then went in. Nice. And you know, how long was it at uh, the Gobelin uh, after that? So I did three years in Emile Cole and three years in Gobelin. Okay, so six years of hard education after what you already went through in uh, right, high school. Right, 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 in, uh, in high school, yeah. But Google now, I think, is four years. I think. Yeah, because they give bachelors now, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was, it, it always fascinated me, especially at that time where, you know, the, uh, obviously, the, the, the building that you worked on, but there was Burning Safari and there was Octopudi oh eventually. But you had all those short films that was coming out. And even here in Montreal, like, what, what is going on with this yeah. school? Uh, yep. So what is the magic <clears throat> sauce? I'm assuming that part of it might be, well, first of all, it's a three, now four years <laughs> course. Um, it's very selective. So they take the best of, of the best. But what what else? What do you think, especially at that time, maybe still today, but I feel that today there's other good options. It seems at that time there was not yeah. many, may, maybe like three, four, five good schools uh, in the world. And Goblin, I mean, for us was at the top of, of the list for sure. Um, it's a few things, I think. I agree. I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic school. And I, I think, honestly, there's quite a few of those great great animation school in France, um, not just this one. But uh, I think it's also part of the the culture of the, the place, you know, where it's a, it's a, a culture that's very driven by um, um, the, you know, very massive, you know, heritage in painting and, and visual arts, obviously, fashion, the um, bande dessinée comics, you know, and then books, literature. But it's also kind of a at the center of Europe. So you have all these influences from Britain, like Great Britain and Spain and Italy, and, you know, Germany. And also it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's we're, like in terms of comic books and, and influences, we're very open and animation specifically, we're very open to both obviously the US because that's the entire world really, but also Japan. Mm -hmm. So all of this feeds into this place that has the third, at the time at least, I think it's still the case, but the third or the fourth biggest animation industry in the world. So it's not nothing, you know, and so they, they had built a school with a lot of um, very talented people that had worked on big productions and were there to just grow the school up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, over the years. But the curriculum was really designed to be taught by professionals and not in-house teachers, mm -hmm. but professionals that were still in touch or, or were working in the industry. So they were like coming 
for three, four weeks in a row and then just going back to their job. So uh, they were, and, and obviously, you know, the, the, the selection itself, because it's like, I think at the time when I went through it was like a thousand candidates and it's 25 in the end, you know, so it's like a very heavy selection based on drawing, uh, based on general culture, like, and, and, uh, and, uh, and your own portfolio and then an interview, you know. So it's very selective, so that they they manage to fit exactly the right profiles with the with the for, for the for the class they want, um, and but but the skills. So they don't, they basically they don't have to teach you drawing, but just teach you animation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and because you have great professional teaching you, then then you end up with a with a with a great uh, school really. But the difference from the colors, for instance, which the movies are like made individually here. Over there, the movies are made in teams, and therefore, I, I, I think, and this is why, they're a big believer that you know, in teams, really, and so, it, it just allows you know those movies to be a bit more ambitious, you know. I think. Yeah, and it kind of forces you to collaborate with other and share your ideas and yeah. find common ground and and you know just you know manage other creative human being that also have a a vision so you have to 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 work to together um, and and what you mentioned of having professional that would come uh, uh on site to to teach and that's one of the that's probably the main reason why many online school uh, got so uh, so oh, yeah. successful so rapidly because all of a sudden i mean if you don't have the chance to be you know, either you have a CalArts or, or Sheridan or uh, Goblin or others. Uh, most of school, unfortunately, they are either by people that work a little bit in the industry and then right. start to teach and get comfortable and or were offered disconnected with what was yep. going on going on in the industry. And then all of a sudden started with Animation Mentor, but then others follow that. Oh, now you have actually professional from Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Blue Sky, Sony that are actually teaching. Yeah. Um, so that 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 makes a huge uh, difference. That's that's for sure. And I think you're at that age where, um, when when you're old enough, when you're when you're eighteen, like eighteen, like end of teenage years and twenties, you know, you you're able to get feedback from professionals, and those professionals don't need to be incredibly pedagogical. You know, uh, they 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 are there to teach you, and they really give you techniques, but it's an age where you can process an information it's not like when you're younger obviously you know like you have to have teachers more than professionals but in this case it's kind of a, a blend is okay i think mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um i'm i'm curious when i said that uh the um uh the furious five was your first show at remorse is is that accurate did i had this one correct i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> okay good now i have no more it's pressure really, you're, you're it's very it's you're right because it's when i came here i didn't know cg um so it was pretty terrifying to come here um and and discover it here just whether gonna like it mostly i was coming here also because first of all the experience to be abroad but also working with these guys i was talking about that i'm, I'm i had seen in that interview six mm-hmm. or eight years ago before uh, and uh, arrived here and kind of wanted to learn 2D animation, traditional animation with them. And then obviously everybody, everything has transitioned like, transition to CG. And the first thing I do is like being cast on a, you know, oh no, actually the first thing I did was the, one of the end credits for the feature Kung Fu Panda. In, in the end credits, in main on ends, there was 2D animation in there. 
and they gave me one to do while I was in training for CG, um, which was incredible because I got to work with William and Robo, like, like these amazing guys, you know, and uh, got that. And then because I did this, I think after that, I, w I was cast on MBA, Monsters vs. Aliens, for just a few months, really. It was just maybe a couple of months, just by the end of the film. But they didn't want me because I was too bad at it. <laughs> just, I, was, <laughs> I couldn't animate. Like the first, I tell you, I tell you this story. The first thing I, I had to animate for the plane, like a jumbo jet. It was literally a plane landing. Remember that? <laughs> it was just doing a like, <laughs> kind of like it was a wide shot, and the plane had to turn like this and then and then land. But I, I couldn't even animate like uh, <laughs> you know, the plane. Like it was supposed to be like a, I don't know, two hundred tons plane, you know, flying and the thing be, <laughs> and then <laughs> it was the worst animation. But it was fun. When I was seeing those dailies, I was so amazed by how good people were. You know, I was much better at, at traditional animation, of course, but I couldn't read CG quite yet. You know, I couldn't, couldn't see, couldn't understand it. And then, therefore, after that, you know, a bit of training there, and then, and then on on MBA as a junior, and then, and then, yeah, they cut, they they they, they got me to work on uh, on that short film. Yeah, which was more my, I, I felt more comfortable. You know. And then after that, track four. I mean, that's where, like, like you said, that's where it starts to get up to. I, I wanted to ask you, really, before we move too far away from the topic, I don't want to bring it back too much, but just really quick, there's one thing I wanted to ask about um, about Goblin, which was um, I'd heard rumors, and maybe this is just justifications for us sort of North Americans that felt intimidated by all the amazing work coming out of Goblin. It's possible that that's where this came from. But the rumor was that, Goblin was was stacking their their classes full of of veteran animators that decided to take a sabbatical away from actually like doing professional work, go back to school just to, so they could work together and make some amazing short film. Is there any uh, truth to this? No, not at all. Damn it! No, no, no. My whole my ego oh, and my that. whole idea of the way that the world works relied on that being true. So thank you. Now I just feel. I just feel inadequate. I'll, 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 you guys have the. I'm. You have to have this conversation on your own. I'm going to leave. <laughs> wow. No, so really, like pretty, it was pretty, students. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't think. I don't think you know. You got like like old thoughts like us. You know, just doing this exactly what you described. You you wouldn't get these results because it, it needs probably it needs young kids to do these kind of. Things. I agree. I totally agree. That's like it. The ambition and like ambition. raw energy and I, just. I gotta say, when I see what. What they do now, I'm like, oh my god! But how? But how can you? Because I mean, yes, there's there's so much raw talent when you have a bunch of young students that have talent, and then obviously the key to that was a good selection process, right? If you had a yeah. bunch of like weak links in there, it would be difficult. But like, who directs that that talent? Is it the instruction that does this? Like, because it's it's, it's so well directed. These short films that come out of that school. I think I think those those short. By the way, those short films after three years of yeah, uh, you know, sure training, of course. Yeah, and they they kind of they kind of uh, assign some teachers per um, uh, production uh, step kind of thing. You mm -hmm. have one guy just taking on you for storyboards, and then right. But no, man, it's like man. Uh, those kids are amazing. <laughs> like they're really good. I mean, they, 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 can, they would they, they don't give you many notes really. Just like you do it, and just you're so you're so you know naive and full of ambitions that you do your thing, and nobody just. Unless it would go too far into very gore adult kind of lands, they mm -hmm. would pull back. But honestly, okay. it's pretty open, you know. Um, 
That's truly no, impressive. Again, I'm saying like those movies come out today. I mean, these days, and and again, like we, when we did it, it was like 2000. I came out 2005, so it's like from like 15, 16 years ago. There was no Instagram. There was no, mm. you know. And I see the level of these kids now, and I'm like, they are all like, <laughs> like you come out like 23 years old, and you have a like a level of draftsmanship. Yeah. How do you do this, man? It's like, it's crazy, and. But also because you see, you feed off of everything that's on online. Yeah, just, yeah. just access to all that information access and all that. Everything. Yeah. 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 We would go just trying to find a DVD of some sort and frame it. <laughs> no, no, you can just yeah, like, yeah. Or or stacks. What you guys are doing, or like schools or whatnot, it's like so easy to access. It it shared in college the the commodity there were like stacks of Xerox sketches and notes coming totally. from some like some like you know artists at, at Disney. That was how you learned because they were like the internet back then was just like uh, a, a just a thread of what it is now. Yeah. And so access to information was not done the same way. You had to rely on like people passing that forward. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing now. It's it's super easy to be very inspired and motivated with all oh, yeah. this work. But I'm sure there's a lot of people, a lot of great artists that just, you know, didn't even went to school because they were mm -hmm. just intimidated. Oh, by, yeah. There, you have so much access that it's easy to yeah. believe that, well, everyone in the industry is at that level. So why yeah. even even try? Absolutely. So we we kind of had this, you know, uh, you know, naivety when we yeah. went to school that, hey, skies is the limit because we have no idea where the ceiling is. Totally. It's and it's not just. I don't think it's just um, a matter of of being intimidated because that is very true. But I, I would also say that it's it's just it's almost paralyzing because you you have so much access to all the information and all these different ideas. Where do you even start? Yeah. You kind of need to be like in a dark, quiet corner to be able to focus long enough on an idea to make it good enough to be able to like you know put it out there and be noticed the same way that some of these short films do uh, coming out of Goblin. Yeah. So I got I got to say. There's a little bit of a trap to it, and, and you're totally right, Brent, by the way. Um, but to me, even when there was not that much access to it, at least not to that to that degree, when I was you know younger, just fi me finding the style or my own style took mm -hmm. me years. Mm. Um, but because you have so much access to everything, and, and the reason why it just took me so long is, first of all, you learn. Uh, but secondly, you're like, oh my god, I love this. Oh my god, I love that. I mean, exactly. I mean, like you're just like, oh, I want to do a bit of this, and I want to. Yeah. And that's how you you forge your style, right? But now yeah. there's so much that you you can like fall into that endless loop. Of yeah. It's trying to drink from the fire hose. It's just almost too much information. Too much. Yeah. And and it's also one of the reasons why I tend to see a lot of very, at least in the U.S., um, a lot of very similar styles, you know, of of character designers or art directors, whatnot, like, or, um, like it, you have trends too, massive, like massive trends, you know, and mm -hmm. have, a, you know, pro Disney stuff and very Disney, like, but new, Disney new wave. And then you'd have, um, like now, like anime is coming in pretty heavily, you know? Yeah. Um, so you, you see those waves coming in, uh, but it just creates a little bit of a, it's not as uh, varied as you would think it is, you know? And that, that's what I'd like to see. Like, like I love to see portfolios of people that are just out there, you know, like out hmm. there, you know, what is that? You know, where are you coming from? You know, what is this? You know, just like surprise me. Yeah. But it's me. I mean, and also it's a studio that is not as, you know, uh, I mean, working in a studio that is not as, doesn't have such an in-house style as Disney may, may have or Illumination may have, you know. 
mm-hmm. so we're trying different things. I mean, at yeah. least that's what I like, you know, like, like, and you'll see even bad guys, it's like, it looks different, which is yeah. kind of like going. You know? I really feel like that's that is how DreamWorks is 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 seen nowadays. Is it's the experimental studio, like it's a big studio that yes. is able to put out big things. Like, it feels like it's going that way, anyways. We knew we need to. We need to. Yeah, I think we kind of the trend breakers, you know, ones that are willing yeah, to experiment we, a little bit. We have a little bit of an identity crisis here, so if we, we need to figure that out. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's great. It's going to be a good place to be. Well, I kind of uh, agree that you know. Disney kind of has its style, Pixar for sure, Sony, uh, most of the uh, production, it's really, you know, stylized, pushed and all that. And DreamWorks, you have some project that could be very, you have the Madagascar, but you also have the Rise of the Guardians that is very much more as a more mature tone and more subtle in terms of acting and and, Mm -hmm. and all that. So I kind of agree that the, the, the spectrum seems to be more broad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it's yeah. hard to know where it's it's going, but it feels that the sandbox is still pretty mm-hmm. big to explore different cool. style. That's for cool. sure. Yeah. Uh, going back to your transition from 2D animation to CG animation, uh, when what it was there a click or is there something that was it almost like overnight or is just <clears throat> grinding and working and eventually figuring out this extra dimension that you didn't have to to deal with uh, uh, before that. Because from, from what I remember, so you did the uh, Monster versus Alien that was like, debacle. okay, let's, <laughs> there, there's, there might be potential if you if you squint a lot, then there was obviously <laughs> the traditional animation that was amazing. And on Shrek, it was just boom. All right, so very rapidly you were producing some I think it was, so what, mostly, what happened? It was mostly a matter of understanding Steroids. the software, really, for me. Because because we had a software, I mean, you remember, you know, it was called Emo at the time. It was, mm. a, uh, if you if you think Maya was tough. <laughs> it was not the most user-friendly, let's I've heard know, stories. put it this no. way. And it's interesting because, you know, it's, it's that doubled with, um, you know, controls, you know, uh, in the controller sheets that were about like face expression and whatnot, which were all like named. So it was, it would be like smiles and frown and, and that's okay when you're French, you know, and you speak English, but speaking, you know, like not that mm. well, just like high school level, but you know, you have snare and flare and pucker <laughs> and all these words. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. A software that was not very user friendly, not also fast. Um, uh, understanding the graphics, understanding all of that, you know, spreadsheet and not and whatnot, and on top of that, the vocabulary and yeah. the and the slowness of what it is, because I was used just to flip and then you have your movement, but you mm-hmm. could just frame through and then render your shot and then see. Oh, okay, that's what it is. And then now nowadays everybody's like real time, of course. So, yeah. Um, so I think that's what took took time for me to understand, and through that time that it took me to just to learn the software, uh, getting used to watching CG renders, you know, yeah. and not just a line moving, but a volume moving. You know? Do you feel that your scientific background kind of helped a little bit? <laughs> not at all, <laughs> not <laughs> the slightest. <laughs> but no, I think I've always been uh, like like it was. It's always been rather easy for me to just kind of memorize movement, you know, kind of like see it and just understand it, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because I don't think it's an analytical, really. It's just like observation. Mm-hmm. I think they call that where, a photographic are, memory. Not, not to that degree. I would love to, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like, it's like seeing something like, oh, I, I understand, you know, just, I, I get it, you know, but, um, and, and the other thing that just helped me was being able to draw and, and therefore not coming from a technical CG, you know, computer graphics, technical background, but more like a, a you know, a draftsman, like, or graphic, you know, background where you could pose a character in an appealing way as opposed to um, not seeing it, you know, so yeah. that, that helped me a lot. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit. Uh, first uh, character lead position. It, it was on the what was his name again? The, the villain on Kung Fu Panda Two. Lord Chen. Lord Chen. Exactly. Yeah. That, uh, was how, a, that, that was a fun one. How was the transition again? Because very rapidly. So oh, I have to learn CG. Oh, now I have. I'm responsible for a character, and sometimes it means that I might provide advice to people that have 10, 15 years more experience <laughs> than I have. How was this part? I made that mistake sometimes, you know, not, not being that uh, delicate, you know. <laughs> that happens, of course that happens. Um, but the thing is, it was a position I was not supervising animators. So you have kind of a, it's a honorific title, but it's not an actual title, you know. Yeah. So Dan Wagner, the head of animation for the Panem, which is just freaking beast. You know, that guy is just friend and amazing animator. He... Like, yeah, yeah, take care, you know, you, you would send some of the animators who would animate this character to me and say, you know, to give advice and just say, how would you approach the character? Which sometimes may have taken a little too hot, too much at heart, you know, and just like giving notes more like a soup, you know, but, and that's when you learn, that's when you learn how to, the dosage of it, you know, and then because, because it's your first time, because you're so impassioned, you know, you're mm-hmm. a little too eager, like mm-hmm. you put a bit too much importance into it. Yeah. So. You make those mistakes, of course, um, but it was fun. I mean, it was a uh, it was a it was a fun character to do. Uh, looking back at it, I think it was again because the software as well. I think we came out the same year as Rio, which they had those birds that were so fleshy and everything. We had a, <laughs> had a pickup with like a super stiff neck. <laughs> and it was so annoying, you know. Uh, but I was proud of the acting we did on this. Gary Oldman was voicing him, which got to meet at the time, which was amazing. And, you know, just to yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah, that was at a time that, you know, reference started to be used a lot for acting and you could really see in all the subtleties of the uh, right. acting yeah. for sure. It was, started uh, there, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Rise of the Guardians that now you're in charge of other animators. So is, is there some that you learned on uh, KFP, as you said, that you were uh, at an honorific title, but still you were responsible to provide some guidance and now you, it's actually your your job to you, you, to yes, provide the guidelines. So no, that was that was that was great, and that's I think that's when I really started to really love being a, a not in charge but a leader or manager or whatever you know, just on top of being an artist, which was mm-hmm. great because you get a you really can start collaborating. I think and Guardians was a bit difficult because the production was difficult, and I think the team of uh, leadership on the animation department was a little uh, Wanted, we wanted to push things, and at the time, because it was live, uh, live action referenced, we wanted to push that to an extreme, and I think it kind of was a departure from what we were doing at the studio at the time, and we were a little too hardcore on this. So I think in terms of 
how that went in the team didn't went that great because I think we were we were a little too again a little too eager a little too um, uh, uncompromising let's say uh, to be polite um, and uh, and nice with ourselves um, uncompromising and therefore I think there were some problems there a little bit um, but it taught me so much you know I think in terms of first of all in terms of leadership also in terms of the art of you know really observing the human you know, face and body moving. It's just, oh my God, like this, this is the way it works. I never really had the time to do it. So we didn't mm -hmm. do this one. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then, you know, being able to just cast a sequence, work with the directors directly, you know, and, and the head of animation and just, just regret characters and prepare characters, all of that, all of that side of things that I hadn't been exposed to, mm -hmm. um, which, um, which allowed me to understand a lot of things, you know, that led me to other things later on, you know, and uh, uh, and, and, and really understand what pre-production is. Yeah. So going from animator to lead to supervisor and then eventually head of character animation, one of the questions that we often, we do some Q&A session and a question I think came back more than once is how how to become a, uh, a lead or a supervisor or a leader in general. Um, and, you know, the, the first and sorry, well, first of all, you don't have to. It, it's something that you, you it, it's because you, ideally, it's not just because for the, the, the paycheck that you would do it. It's because it's something that you aspire to. Um, but I've seen th there's a lot of uh, great animators in many studio and DreamWorks included that never end up being a, a lead or supervisor. Either they are not interested or they're just not offered the, the opportunity. So for you, other than talent, which is, you know, almost like the uh, prerequisite, uh, what other skills are, uh, uh, have you seen that made a difference of those that were provided at Remarks, the, the uh, opportunity and that made actually made them good, good leaders in general? Um, it's interesting because I, I never, I never was looking for it, I think, you know, so it kind of happened. Um, I realize it sounds incredibly pretentious, but um, <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I wanted to say is I, I never, that, that's not what I had in mind, you know, it's just like, oh my God, I animate, it's awesome, I love it, you know, it's just yeah. so good to see these characters move, and then, but I think it's behavior you know, more than anything else. I was not trying to reach for this absolutely. It's just I want this position because I want the title and I want the paycheck. And I want to be in charge and whatnot. Never really was my my uh, my goal. I think it's, um, I, I, I think I was, uh, you know, open enough to discuss and, 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 and be, you know, responsible for the shots I was doing and just making sure that production would move, you know. So it shows, it shows responsibility. That's what I'm saying. Like responsibility and maturity in your work. And in the way you behave with others, you know, just um, and, and and again, being being nice to each other. That's that's all it comes down to. And so, if you have, if you are, you have the talent, if you if you want, and the uh, and you're proactive, and and then you're again um, able to you know li listen to others and, and be able to inspire them with what you do. I think that's that's where you 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 kind of you know move move a little bit on a different position, and then and that's and after that, it's another another step because you still have these skills, you know, of course. But then now you need to master a new one, which is leading, you know, leading a team. And how do you do it? Are you organized again? Are you just elevating your team? Are you, how do you behave? You know, so I think it's a lot of this behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and then and then if you feel like you're ready and then and then you're not being because you're a bit shy or because you're a bit introverted which is not my case but if you're a little bit like that then then that's when you can go and say hey i'd love to be considered for uh and in which case at least oh great you know we we didn't necessarily think of you or wanted to but you know you seem you never voiced it so i think that's the moment where you can say i feel ready let me ask you know mm-hmm. um but but desperately wanting it for the wrong reason is not not good because you never yeah. get it you know it's like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Really, why do you want it more than a what do you want out of it you know as you said, it's not really to ask for it. It's to act responsible and helping others and being, you know, a team player and all that. And eventually it'll be recognized that, hey, you're kind of acting as how a lead would act. So you, would you be interested to, uh, totally, to totally. feel that? Uh, that and then often, oftentimes what I noticed is if, you're, if you like it, and because that's kind of a required step, right? When you are in charge of a character or as a supervising animator, you have to go through you know, that whole rig wrecking phase and the, you know, preparing the characters. Uh, some, some, some people don't like doing this, you know, um, but usually it allows you to know just your character more in depth, mm-hmm. your rig a bit more in depth so that you can be fluent with it and, and then teach others, you know, and help others mm-hmm. access that, you know, the level of animation you're looking for. Um, but therefore, you know, oftentimes the leads and the soups come from, you know, the pre-production team that is working on the characters early on in a movie just so that they can grow those, you know. So at least at the studio, that's the way it is. And it makes sense, you know, to me, it does make sense. So if you can, if you're really interested in it and voice your interest in doing that pre-pro work, usually that leads up to a kind of a lead position, you know. Yeah, one other thing that I definitely remember from DreamWorks is the the, the quality of the the supervisors that that was uh, over there. So definitely have example of people you can look to of how to uh, behave and act as a supervisor. Um, do you have some yourself that you would consider have been mentors along the way, and what would they have individually bring? Uh, bring to you obviously don't list them all so i'm giving you an exit of forgetting <laughs> someone that, as possible but some of them that you have in mind of oh yeah him this specifically and uh what what would it be simon definitely you know simon, simon otto you know, that's funny because i never worked with him but i always <laughs> really mad you know i mean the charisma first of all and the the eloquence and the the eloquence of the character of the guy and the the presence, the presence, and the way he was able to just rally the team and just do something awesome. You know, that was to me like incredible uh, leadership skills. You know that, and and you know again, he's like um, very charismatic. You know that 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 charisma was something that I, I find like incredibly inspiring to you know in leaders, obviously. I would say from Simon, when you have someone that is like six foot yeah, six helps. or something like that, that has a super, you know, very uh, loud, not loud, but, you know, low voice, very low tone. And when he talks to you, he focuses 200% on on you. That that has its impact. I, yeah, it does. Charisma slash intimidation. Intimidation through charisma. But uh, so definitely that, and obviously his artistry is is, uh, is I. You know, so um, on the others, because Simon is somebody who's even very very specific and picky. You know, uh, William Salazar is another soup that 
has a way of doing things that is completely different, where he's, uh, he's much more loose with the teams. And it's all about the fluidity of you know, how do you feel comfortable with me and just let's work it together, you know, and, and it's not as imposing clearly of this is the vision, do this, you know, it's more uh, because Simon is, is so precise that he would guide you there where he wants to go. But William is in, in, in the contrary, leaves you a lot of freedom, which is a very different approach to it, which I always found fascinating. I couldn't wrap my head around his, his way of leading early on. I said, no, I want this to go there. So you just do what I say, you know, but in after, you know, experience comes in and you're like a lot more relax and you're like oh that's fine just just do your thing and i'm here to catch you if, if there's a problem which i feel is a lot more fun way to lead and and inspire you know it's all about like we're a team you know let me teach or teach me you know it's like it's, it goes both ways you know so it's a, like it's two different characters and ways of leadership you know um, but both of them are equally as, as yeah I think I think a big part of the leadership sort of recipe is is leaning in a bit on who you are too, right? I'm sure that Simon's playing to his strengths, yeah. uh, just oh, like yeah. William's playing to his, uh, you yeah. know. And I think that's key is is as a, as as you start to understand and start learning leadership skills, if you that's the path that you're on, you do you do need to include yourself and your own strengths in that that formula. Otherwise, you're going to end up just emulating someone who you're just not. That's exactly know? right. That's that's the that's the most important thing really just feel natural and being yes again good leaders inspire you know? yeah yeah it's, it's not just managing it's yeah. really inspiring your teams and, and be there at the forefront and, and, and defend them you know like yeah vouch for them and just surround yourself with the people you trust and they trust you and just empower them uh but be there you know to take the 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 failures and the successes, you know, with mm. them. But like, if the failures, you take them, and if successes, you all take them. You together. pass them on, yeah. Pass them on, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it sounds obvious, but unfortunately, in practice, it's a little bit more difficult for some people. And um, yeah, if, for sure. <laughs> and that's something that maybe you can learn, but some some people can never really do, just because it's not really it's you know, and, and that's that's something that I feel like a lot of people. There's a lot of stress, I think, in a lot of companies, and some companies are better than others when it comes to like it's sort of like if you're not rising up the ladder and becoming some sort of leader, then you've somehow failed as 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 an as a as a contributor to the creative process, right. and that's just not that's just not true. Some so, people are just not they just were not cut out to be leaders, and that's okay. It's so like you're, you can you can own what you can bring to the team and just you know find ways of getting better at that because uh, it's it seems like an unfortunate reality where people feel driven to leadership because they feel like they're supposed to. Yeah. It's like, well, that's the ladder, right? I'm supposed to climb the ladder. Well, not necessarily. So many examples of or like people that are just trying it because it feels like it's the next step, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you realize, it's not my thing. I yeah. I don't like it. I just like being by myself and just yeah. bringing yeah. what I bring, like you just said, you know. Um, and, and, and you need you need everything and everyone, you know. So mm -hmm. it just can't be just leaders, you know. But 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 a team that is really well oiled, like where everybody can communicate and just is based on trust mm -hmm. and inspiration. Because it inspiration go, doesn't go one way. It's not just you know one guy inspiring everybody. It's Absolutely. the other way around too. Right? Yeah. Like, just like on this movie, I'm just inspired by every single one of these mm -hmm. guys, and 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 everybody's giving their hundred percent, and it's just looking incredible. And you're like, oh my god, how do you do this? But the thing is, after a while, you're so jaded because I mean, not jaded, but you work with some of the best talents in the world, and then and then you're the one giving notes on those work, those, those pieces of art, you know. And then you're like, ah, eh, maybe a bit more blue. And then yeah, 
painting is fucking amazing. Shut up, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so you're so used to watching this, but being detached because mm. you need to move and move and move. But like, yeah. you step back, you're like, oh my God, this talent, you know? Yeah. And it's important to do that often, you know? Take a step back and, and recognize it for what it is. Yeah. Totally. Just yeah. how do you do that? I mean, like, again, I mean, animation is, or, or lighting, whatever, just these guys just nail it, you know? And then, mm. and, and the other thing is, and again, I'm talking about the team I'm working with in a place like DreamWorks, which is very, very uh, experienced, you know, and mm. has really, really strong talent. I've been working for a long time together. And you, you give notes, one note, and then the next day it comes back. It's, the note is addressed and it's better than what you expected. Meaning that it's, it's oftentimes like people who don't understand, you know, or are not, you know, working with, that, you know, teams like this where you give a note and it's completely misunderstood and just it goes the other way or and it doesn't work or like the, the skills are not there. But this is driving a Ferrari. You say, no, I want to go left and you go left, you know, and that it just is incredible. Yeah. But oftentimes you take it for granted. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So we're talking about, um, you know, speaking of leadership and, and being yourself, uh, I, I remember uh, a little while ago that we had a, a discussion because we both had the opportunity to be uh, directors. And one of the first struggle when you start to be a director is that you, how, you have this misconception of what it should be to be a, a totally. director. Uh, how did you deal with this part? Because there's no way every director, even the best one, they have their sum or, you know, they're better with story because maybe they have a writer uh, uh, background. Others are good to direct actors or there are more cinematographers. Others are just good at leading and manage people in general. So how was it for you, this transition of, okay, now you're our fearless leader. And how did you adjust it to to realize that, okay, but I still need to be myself because if I kind of pretend I can do all this other stuff, I, it's not going to work. No, it's not. Um, how do I do it? Listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> 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 it's, it's actually, I've true to be honest with you. We had, a, <laughs> had the chance one day to have to host, the studio hosted a uh, kind of, a, a, not a masterclass, but a talk with uh, Steven Spielberg. You know, he came. You know, obviously, he's like, you know, so linked to DreamWorks, so have easy access to him. And it's a question like this, you know, so, I mean, Steven Spielberg, right? You're talking, it's the king, right? It's the freaking king of Hollywood. And he's been doing it for 50 years, 40 years, and whatnot. And, and the guy is he's saying, well, I'm nothing without the team. Like, I'm not, I'm no one. Like, it might, I, I can't do it without the whole team, right, of people. I tend to surround myself with the same people that I trust and I know, and, and we, we are like so linked, but mostly I'm just driven by fear, you know, just like, like even with all the wealth of experience, just, I'm, you know, every single new project, I'm terrified. And then it then goes away. And like, if Spielberg says this, I'm, I may, I may misquote a little bit or exaggerate a bit what he said, but it, you, you get the concept, you know, it's, uh, he feels the guy saying this. Well, I, then I should be terrified. And I was terrified. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's, uh, it's, it's, I've, I've never, I, I don't think I did it because again, I love working in teams so much that, you know, I never, I never went into this project saying, this is my vision, do this and just shut up. You know, it mm -hmm. was not the point. It was all about, let's do it together. I got a vision. I want to go there. 
But even if it's not exactly there, somewhere around here, that's okay. I just don't want to go here. That's it. But like here. And then and then you realize the job is mostly about answering questions and then guiding. It's really a conductor or like a shepherd, whatever. But but you know, that guy playing the violin is gonna play his own way, and that's okay, you know, as long as he's like in the in the in the tempo. And uh, mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of the way I started to look at it. And and you know, it's 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 not about saying I'm the director. It's all about saying okay, I'm 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 there just to help you guys go somewhere. And 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 it's about it. And in the end, you're the one taking the credit, which you know, which is or may not be you know fair, but it's it's the way it works, you know. But but in any case, the product is up here because a little bit of your work, but a lot of the everybody else's work. You know? Yeah, something that we've yeah, talked about. Uh, Something that we've talked a lot in, in previous uh, discussion with the imposter syndrome. Cool. Uh, I, I can assume that, you know, for you, like yesterday, you were arriving and you had a hard time just to make a plane land. And Man. now you're in charge of the entire machine plane. that is going to produce an animated feature that's going to bring hundreds of millions of income. Okay. Was there a little bit of imposter syndrome? <laughs> of course there is. Absolutely. Uh, it would be lying not to say, well, yeah, obviously. But again, <laughs> you, you you're surrounded with people that know more than you, and and mm -hmm. you don't hesitate to listen to them. And then, if it fits your why <laughs> and where you're trying to go, great, take it. There's no bad questions really or bad discussions. You know, it's like points of views. And the great way to de-dramatize de this is like again, not saving. The planet you know making a movie you know it's not, not the same thing so i'm like we fail we fail okay yeah I'm like, lose my job but that's fine you know and like when you start like de-dramatizing a little bit and just step back and be like let's have fun you know that's all that's all i want let's have fun and then getting that feeling of actually round circle going back to like the feeling we had making the building you guys talked about it earlier that team we are five of us or four of us five of us actually those few months we worked on it, like three months or four months, I can't remember. Uh, those were amazing. Like that was the best, the best feeling in the world, just to be able to just like work late and just have fun, just create stuff and laugh, you know. Hmm. We created that kind of vibe on Delby a little bit. And then that's exactly what I wanted on this one. Just this is the feeling that I want. It's not that easy to get, but if you go from a, from an angle of, guys, yeah, let's create something and just have a blast on this. Then everybody feels like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do it. It's great. Like it's it's bringing back the the joy of the the pleasure of just create something as opposed to it's a job and we have to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's much more about building a team and creating a safe environment that's yeah. going to be both creative and forgiving, but at the same time we're passionate and there's high expectation, uh, rather than managing a collection of great artists uh, together. Exactly. But uh, uh, yeah, and then and then, just just to finish up the question, it's like you arrive on a role where I never directed actors, you know, ever, you know. So I mean, <laughs> no ever. So and then and then all of a sudden you're in a room with like A-listers, you know, people from that, you know, very famous and incredibly talented, and you're like, how do you do this again? How do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> listening to your podcast as you're going to <laughs> and and yeah and then and then you just crack crack it's the same thing you just go back to human human nature you know just like go back to yeah he's a normal guy or she's like let's just crack like break the ice and just start talking and just how do you approach it and 
sorry, I just it's the first time for me, just like got tons of good qualities, but this I've never done, so it helped me out. And then and you work this way, you know. Like first, like this an anecdote I'd like to say where first time so in, in the in the movie Samurai Cody is playing the main character. First time I record him, um he just finished shooting for Clint Eastwood. And he says it in the room. Oh, I, I was with Clint just before we finished shooting. You know, and I'm like, just this is the one thing you need. Just don't tell me that, man. Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> just finish with that guy. Not helping. It's the uh, but he's he's like Sam is incredibly incredibly generous, you know, just like a fantastic guy. And 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 and, and you slowly realize, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's got his own thing. It's it's this like this is him. Like he's got like all this ways of act, approaching this character and then and another another actor would approach it completely differently and then you just navigate this and you realize yeah it's all energy and human connection you know hmm. yeah just like uh, animators on the team right they all have their own strengths their own ways completely completely making sure that you leverage that in some way it's also never really forgetting that we're artists you know yeah at heart and like the courage that an artist has just to put out their work. Yep. It's true. In front of everybody. Um, whether it's like, you know, you do your Sunday, Sunday morning painting, you know, we never take any drawing lesson, but you do it nonetheless because you want to use painting because you mm -hmm. love it and you show it or you hang it in your, the courage that that demands or creating a song, whatever it is, you know, to, to be able to do this. And we should all be able to, like, should, should, should all do it at some point. But when you connect like this and saying, like, I'm celebrating what you're doing right now, because it demands mm -hmm. a lot, you know, like, I remember after years and years and years of being an animator and a super, like, head of animation, whatnot, still showing my shots in dailies. Mm -hmm. Every single time it got me, it's like, like, little <laughs> dots in the stomach, you know? Oh, yeah. I know my shot was good, you know? And no, it's just still like you're watching it on the screen like oh my god he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna like it, he's gonna like it. <laughs> that feeling it never went away you know mm. it's because you're giving so much of yourself you know yeah. so imagine showing a movie you know actually showing a movie on a big audience preview and showing and you know it's not ready or whatnot and, but that's different because it's not again because i because i started from that state of mind of this is a teamwork it's not me it's a teamwork it de, it de, you know it completely deflated all that pressure because mm. so when you start from the it's me it's me it's me it's my movie my movie my movie then you arrive and show that preview audience and it doesn't work and you're like you're the one taking the blunt of it totally now I'm like oh that's them wait what you are but that's that's a tough part with being a, a professional artist and again that's something that we've discussed before is you need to be you know attached mm. and passionate enough by your work that you actually care yeah. but you need to be uh detached enough and objective enough that a criticism is not going to destroy your self-esteem or mm. get rid of your motivation or inspiration and you just need to all right let's put the let's strap the boots and continue and and move forward it's a it's a tough balance because if you go on one side you're freaking out people don't like to work with you because you're always take everything personal and you suffer personally and the other extreme you don't care enough people are like well he's disconnected and usually you don't progress a lot finding the right spot is is not easy mm. yeah and again it's 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 
the one the one thing is like it's never personal it's never yeah you know, unless you're biggest dickhead but you know what i mean like it's like it's never like whenever we comment or whenever you receive feedback whenever you know just got terrible reviews or whatnot this is not about you this is about no. something you worked on and in a team and creating this like when the directors just mentioned like gives a note about your shot it's never about you and the note is always to make this movie mm -hmm. better better mm -hmm. and you always try to make this movie better as well and so you're both working <laughs> in the same direction it's never like trying to bring you down or whatever it's just like this is the vision that i have i need the, you to adjust it in that but so that we can just whatever just make in the end it's all about making it better and for me you know it's it's very you know that the the studio cliche of you know you have the filmmakers and then you have the studios giving you notes and the executives and whatnot but if you flip this this around because they're in the same boat as you are you're 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 making a movie but if this movie doesn't do well they're gonna get screwed as well you know totally like the idea is like you it, it's same thing you're your studio working your filmmaker working for a studio and then you have to work hand in hand not that you need to accept everything they say but just make them understand we're all working to make this movie a success so mm -hmm. once you understand this and it's never against but it's always together and it's like i think you break the code you know you said something a little while ago that i think is really important that resonates with me and that is i think it, and it, it, this is important for leaders but i think it's important for people just in general working on a creative team together is this concept that it does take bravery and it does take, you know, um, it's not, it's not an easy position to put yourself into, to, to put so much of yourself into something and then have it be criticized and, and, and judged in some way, even if that's an important part of the process, because that piece that you're doing needs to fit into a bigger thing. So not naturally you need that kind of constructive criticism, but still it can feel very personal. So as David said, yes, as an artist, you need to work at trying to grow a thicker skin and to, 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 to maintain perspective that that is not personal. It is not, it is absolutely well it shouldn't be unless like you said you don't have a dickhead for a supervisor but let's assume that you don't that it is something that is important that you getting that feedback but on the flip side is if all of us could just keep and keep things in perspective and always take a step back and to appreciate yeah. to appreciate that simple act of giving giving a lot of oneself all these people around you are trying to contribute to this big thing and pulling pouring themselves in some way into it just to just to always remember to to have a little bit of appreciation with every interaction that you have with your peers with your subordinates with your and as we've covered on the show before sometimes the people that are being supervised forget to show a little appreciation up the chain too because you know there's a you, supervisor are taking a lot of shit every single day it's so there's a lot of stress in that job and sometimes someone being a little harsher with you that day but might have nothing probably has nothing to do with you and has everything to do with the day that person had on maybe on the way to work and then the first meeting they had was not really great so appreciation to just appreciate everyone's con contribution to the to the project that you're all working towards is kind of i think a key lubricant to making people work well together yeah you're absolutely right yeah, I would say to that point, I've experienced some supervisor. Uh, luckily, they were not my supervisor, but I've seen other supervisor that they definitely lack some empathy mm -hmm. to the people that they were working with. And it's just like, <laughs> dude, well? it, it's, it's <laughs> well, it, it can work, but you're yeah. just 
miserable. you know, yeah, you make people under you feel miserable yeah. and, you know, you're constantly attacking their, you know, yeah. their, their self-worth into their, what they're doing. Yeah. It doesn't mean to just be a cheerleader. You need to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to try for good work, but mm-hmm. be empathetic with the people yeah. that you're working with. Uh, it's not just be, to be a good a good person, but it also helped to get the best of people if you show some appreciation. 100%. Sure. It's this also self-appreciation, I gotta say. It's like, realize that what you do, not that many people can do it, you know? Like, not that many people can animate, draw, paint, whatever, you know, and, and mm-hmm. play music or whatnot. Like, it's like, and, uh, and, and because, again, we're a minority, obviously, you know, and so, and, and, and we have, you know, People that don't know anything about art or whatnot just say, yeah, this movie's bad. It was crap. You're like, and how hard it is <laughs> to make that crap yeah. movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get it this time. But yeah. it was fucking tough. And we yeah. haven't passed or not. Who knows? Yeah. But at least and like give it a little bit of slack sometimes when when you show a shot and and it's like it's like you have so much to do. It's like a very complex acting, constraints in every like everywhere you know and you change like it's tough like it's difficult mm. and i think it's like being able to say you know what i did it you know and just it's not maybe it's not the best version of it, it could have been better next time i'll do better but that's okay you know? mm-hmm. yeah it's super important you know and again like you said right like recognizing you know the you know the dedication of yeah of everyone and the talent and and, and and again the courage of putting out something yep yep you're blessed to be around people that are willing to do that, you do know, that. and, and exactly. to just simply appreciate that is huge. And it's just, you know, it's not even difficult. Just make it part of your mantra every day. Just remember to appreciate the people that are around you. It's not that hard. It's just as long as you make it a regular part of your life. And I mean, it's such a huge, huge, um, you know, tool in your bag of tricks as a leader. But um, it doesn't you don't have to be a leader to be able to, to, to apply yeah. that. And it's not because it doesn't come to you naturally that you are excused for not doing no, it. Just no. be better at it. Find habits. Listen to podcasts. Do like care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Listen to people that are kind with others, how they do yep. it, and take a, a few notes. Kindness uh, goes along. Brennan, we should get to questions, huh? Yeah, Sorry. let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's jump in. We're, I'm going to grab a bunch of questions here, uh, Pierre, um, sure. from chat, and we're just I'm going to post them up, and uh, we'll try to do our best to tackle them. I'm just scrolling back. Back here. Uh, here, so this one was related to uh, what I was saying. This rumor that I, that you were able to dispel with regards to professionals going back to Goblin um, to be able to uh, to 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 participate in a, in a class a project. This seems like related to the same kind of wave of thinking. I heard that Goblin is often not the first school or university for students there. That they might have actually got experience elsewhere first. That's actually true because that's you because you went to a school first to okay. train up on your draftsmanship skills before actually reapplying to Goblin. Is that a standard there? Do you find that most of the people it's, needed more schooling? It's a majority, yeah. Majority, okay. Because, because the selection is so tough. Yeah. Uh, most, like I'd say, ninety-five percent of the people there, okay, don't come from straight from high school. Okay. But but, but there is there is an age limitation. At least when okay. I was, I don't know that. it was twenty-five year old, years old was the. the oh, box. interesting. Couldn't go. Okay. Age, yeah. So you couldn't be like a professional student, have studied like at three different schools and then went to Goblin because you might be oh, too old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. 
Well, that one was quick, nice and easy. Um, next, oh no, this one was actually already answered. Let's see here, Go down with here. The PK Maniac? Yes, exactly. Do you think you have to be an amazing, I love this question, to be an amazing animator, to be a good lead in animation, are there examples of average animators being some of the best leaders in your experience, Pierre? Uh, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are the example? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> You're, you're, uh, you're modest. I will call bullshit on this one. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, right. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. No, I don't. I don't think you have to be an amazing animator to be a good lead in animation. You know, again, you you have to be a good communicator. And and again, like I don't really know what amazing animator means. You know, mm. um, like there's so many different types of animators. You mm. know, and and different qualities you can have. Uh, if you're, you know, incredibly technical. I mean, you can, lead, like, again, it's everything like Brett, you just said, you know, it's you're playing on your strengths. And therefore, mm. if you if you end up being a fantastic, uh, again, somebody you can inspire by just saying a few words, you're going to be a great leader, you know, yeah. and, and, and if you can, if you can, you know, elevate a team or just teach something, you're going to be a great leader, you know, yeah. you don't have to be amazing. I think you need to be able to, excuse me, inspire by your craft, mm. for sure. So you need to have some skills. I think if you're really just junior and just like starting, probably not going to happen. Um, but and again, it depends on the teams in which you work with. You know, yeah. You see, you know, when you work in like a Pixar or Disney or even we had the Dreamers, of course. You know, I have very, very highly, highly experienced teams, and therefore the recruiting is so high that it's going to be hard for you as a junior to come in and just be a lead. But you may be, as a junior here, you may be very, very you know, skilled animator somewhere else, in yeah. which case you will be a good lead. Yeah, I would say when you're a lead or a soup, your task is to bring the best out of people mm -hmm. in, in your team. Uh, so this this means you need to, you know, motivate them, inspire them, explain them how, how things are working, technical support, uh, yes, qualitative feedback. So all of it. So yes, being good at what you do is one of those many things. But it's just one of those uh, many things as well. And there, there's definitely a big respect is super uh, important. You don't need to be the best mm -hmm. uh, animator to have the respect of the people in your team. But you need a certain level of quality on your own craft, especially mm -hmm. if you're working at, at DreamWorks, for, for instance, where the quality is so high. It doesn't mean that the supervisor are by default the best animators mm -hmm. over there, but there's definitely a threshold that, well, here's the quality that we're going for. So that's the, but maybe there's other, other studio, other industry, other needs that, you know, the quality expectation mm -hmm. is not that high, meaning that then being very good, very fast, a good manager and inspiring figure and good at uh, providing, you know, um, technical support for instance might be more important than being a great animator so it, it depends on the environment that's that's for sure by the way to bounce off on this um i always find that it's it's like finding people that have not just good at animation but have other skills you know other skill sets on the side yeah. like yeah i mean related to the work of course but um if you have a different vision, like a just slightly more generalist vision, that also helps. Yeah. You know, because you can see things from a different standpoint. Totally agree. Yeah. You might, in other words, not be like the best animator, but really understand how to tell a story visually. Exactly. 
like you might know about, you know, you might be an amazing, you might be able to think compositionally or you have some cinematography background that can also help. Yeah. I, I, I think my, my opinion on this is similar to David's as well, or a mixture of both of what you've just said, which is it really does come down to the project and the team. Because yep. the lead is in a position to help the team and force multiply them. And so if you're with a very junior team, often they're very hungry for people that know how to animate very well because they're looking for a coach. Sure. They're looking for someone who can help them be better animators. Where in maybe you're on a project with a bit more of a veteran's team, then people, a, lot, a lot of the people on the team already know pretty well how to animate. Now they're looking for the next level up, which is how to properly tell a story in a convincing way or how to, how to really show good subtext in a shot. And like, so now you're, it's like maybe rather than being a really good animator, maybe it's someone who's got some acting experience or someone who's got something that can contribute to that particular special problem. Uh, that 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 uh, the there were not maybe not problem but challenge on that team and that project. So I think it really comes down to like different shapes, different sizes. As long as you're bringing something to the party that can help the team, you're going to be respected probably. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, next question: um, What are some preconceptions you've heard, or sorry, you've had about working in animation? When that when you've joined the industry, you realized, hey, it wasn't the way you thought it was, positive or negative. Petar, by the way, always he he always has the brain itching questions. So, so welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome to a, Petar. A, a five second silence is usually <laughs> after his, his <laughs> because I'm I'm really thinking about the question because yeah, the thing is when I decided to go in animation, my tiny brain didn't even didn't even know or realize that there were people <laughs> making those movies. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was coming at it without any preconception whatsoever right. because, uh, first of all, I was not a big TV, you know, animated TV shows buff when I was a kid. Mm. I was outside riding my bike then watching TV. And sacrilege. Sacrilege, exactly. <laughs> well, you guys, you can't do that in the wind. You shouldn't see this out loud. They're going to kick you out of the club. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come knocking at that door and just drag you out of the room when they find out. But it's true, actually. There was that big disconnect even ago. Mm. Like, all of my friends were all like, sure see that episode or whatnot I was like, yeah like they were plugged what? into the culture and you were not so much not at all and therefore i didn't have i did i had no idea where i was going in mm. terms of that industry in that world uh and in terms of the uh, uh the people you know you know in in the in in that in that job or in in the, in the industry i just understand understood later there's a lot of weird people <laughs> <laughs> introverts Case but it just totally felt like a community I would fit in you know and uh, it was it was great it was mm. awful but I don't think I had preconceptions interesting really. yeah. so you kind of went in with a blank slate that's kind Could of a, be, a blessing and a curse right yeah a little bit and you're like oh wow. you can't be let down yeah. but you can also be surprised like exactly. every single second yeah you're surprised both ways so <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting mostly mostly I was like uh, you know um, amazed by the mm. some of the talent there so yeah you do this you know like Christoph's there on his line test, and you're like, just like, how can you even do that? You know? Yeah. Insane. I'm curious, David, how you would answer this question. Uh, the only example I have is it was before uh, jo joining DreamWorks. Definitely one of the preconceptions I had is that it would be such a competitive environment. Um, and when I got there, I realized that oh, we're not really in competition with each other. We're actually all in this together. And everyone around me 
you know, Pierre was among them, but there was a lot of others or more than willing to take some of their time to, you know, help with my uh, own animation. And I did the same with others. And it, it, it felt very much not like a competition to level up, but we're all in, in this to, uh, together. Mm -hmm. um, so that was definitely a uh, pleasant surprise uh, for mm -hmm. me at, uh, at DreamWorks. I would say that's also where, you know, the, the quality of, I, that was more in general, but for me, being a good animator was producing good animation, well-polished animation, like nice motion, nice timing, mm -hmm. nice posing and all that. And yes, it's part of it, but at the end of the day, you are a storyteller. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you create a moment? Do you make the audience laugh? Do you make the, and I remember, especially on Shrek, and uh, I was like, you know, I was presenting animation that I was uh, proud of. They were approved, you know, in times and all that, but you know, they were very well executed, no reaction. No one really cared about those. Not to say that every shot needs to be uh, cared for, but, and then I was seeing other animation that was super rough. Um, and, you know, we're, Pierre, you mentioned William Salazar and others, and there are some names that, you know, it was, there was almost nothing there, but they were either super funny or emotional, or there was some, there was something that was connecting with the audience. Yeah. So I kind of realized that, oh, okay, when you get to a certain level that, okay, you can use the software, you know, timing, you, you make things move well, uh, you realize that, okay, now I need to entertain the audience. How do I even begin to, to, wow. to do that? So that, that's something that, uh, uh, that was probably the biggest learning experience that took a few years at, at yeah. DreamWorks. That, that I need sure. to give life, just really just. You know, insulate life into this character. Yeah, and by the end of it, it was it was the funnest thing. I mean, I had a chance to work on, on the crudes, a lot of creature stuff. It's like, okay, how do I make this creature super funny? How do I make this creature dangerous? How do I make mm -hmm. this creature doing something weird and unexpected? Mm -hmm. And eventually, it was just like, how am I going to surprise? Uh, starting with people around me, then in dailies, and then eventually people mm -hmm. in cinema that will enjoy. It's all it. about being a storyteller, you know, from at yeah. every single, you know. Uh, level, you know, yeah. It's like, what kind of story do you tell? With like, that's what I, you know, like now being like, you know, kind of a seeing everything and having that one direction in my head, you know, you just make sure that every department just brings something. And you can say, well, you know, can character effects bring something? Yeah, they, of course, of course, mm -hmm. adds to the pose, it adds to the story, it adds yeah. to the dynamism. And effects bring something. Yeah, it does. It can actually be super funny, you know. And so, like every single one of us, and I think that's kind of mentality we need to shift. You're not just technicians, you know. Every single one of yeah. those artists yeah. brings something. And as an animator, obviously, you have to think as a storyteller. It's not just for your demo reel. It's for the film, you know. Yeah. So a shot doesn't start and end with a shot. And I think this is what great directors do. They explain, you know, what is the purpose of this little moment here. So both the animator, the lighter, the VFX artist, and all of them are all, oh, okay, that's the part of the story that we're telling. So we're going to go in this direction. It's not about just producing quality work. It's quality work that has a specific purpose for that little, those few seconds there. Yeah. The puzzle. Yeah. It's, I agree. It's like the director's job is to, is to tell, it's to tell that story to the storytellers. 
You know what I mean? It's sort of like your job is to make sure that your own crew understands that story and understands their role in telling that story so that then, of course, the audience can appreciate that in all its many layers of, uh, of, of storytelling genius, right? It's kind of crazy. Um, we got one last question and we're going to cut you loose because I'm sure you have it. But do you have like one more minute, uh, Pierre? Yeah, is yeah, okay? Yeah, sure. okay, perfect. So this question is from Petar again, and it's perfect because it frames the whole conversation. And he wants to know, what are those pictures in the background? <laughs> <laughs> is it is it something that we can talk about, or is it like it it clearly did its job? It's intrigued, and it's probably been bugging him the entire time, and now he needs to know. So this this is kind of a very early. So the bad guy is the movie I'm, I'm yeah. right? directing. So this is a very very early. Um, like, Concept poster that okay. we did, like it was like two years ago at least. But okay. um, Leo Sanchez, who's a you know a, a close close friend and, and uh, created his own development studio, character modeling and character rendering. He worked on the main character, Mr. Wolf, so that silhouette right there, um, and uh, we used it like just just one of the, the layers of the, the lighting. You That's know, cool. We did, just created the film poster. Up here is one of the very first drawings I did on the film. Um, when I read the script, I just broke it down into beatboards, uh, you know, and then I have, uh, you know, the story of these villain, you know, those crazy, like scary animals, you know, wolf and a shark, mm -hmm. snake, and they, they are doing like, they're doing bank jobs and heists, you know, so just feel the whole world. That's basically a breakdown of the first act in a few panels, illustrations, if you want. And then yeah. here's some character designs and most of the Parker, uh, poster mockups and whatnot from very early on, actually. That's so pretty cool. Birthday cards that I draw for the, for the team. So, in other words, to sum up, these this is all top secret, confidential information that you've seen in his back office. So now we need to go to each and every one of your homes and wipe your hard drives. Is basically <laughs> what he's saying. I don't so, yeah. Keep it secret. Gotta, keep, this, it, keep it safe. I gotta say, for having worked in video game after DreamWorks, uh, I'm missing those days that you can just say, "Oh yeah, look, look at all this cool stuff that's been not announced yet." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Let yeah. Let me go through one by one and, and mention what it's. Mm. Uh, but it's okay. It's just far enough that yeah. it, it just looks like characters and yeah, and, uh, it's just and a stuff. tease. Yeah, just a tease. Was well planned. He, yeah, he made it sound like he did. He was worried about it, but he was just <laughs> cleverly trapping us all <laughs> with his mind. Oh, oh, this. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, this I, whole I, thing. <laughs> Nice. Well, Pierre, honestly, on behalf of the community, thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here. It was nice chatting with you. Um, I'm sure that um, uh, our, our, our the members in chat definitely appreciated your your uh, your your wisdom and, of course, some perspective. And especially for me, dispelling this terrible rumor of of Goblin being stacking your <laughs> team with professionals. Thank you for ruining my entire early. <laughs> career um in go my go mind. back to drawing now yeah i'm going back to the drawing board this sucks I, I i'm terrible so thank you very much um and david thank you for of course being here and um yeah um i'll see you guys both around cheers that was awesome, you thanks pierre that was amazing Bye. thanks again see you guys around Bye. another conversation another great afternoon um there you have it pierre um, the one and only, um, totally ruining in one single swoop, um, a, my entire perspective on, <laughs> on my, on my, uh, my, my educational career. So that's great. Um, so it's turned out right before the conversation, I, I had had the, 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 the chance to meet him briefly at CTN. I was at uh, CTN a couple of times. And one time I was hanging around the iAnimate I booth. And, um, I believe that that's when we crossed paths. I, I remember his energy. 
Um, so um, thank you for being here today, chat. Thank you again for questions as usual. It's always a lot more fun when there's cool questions um, sort of sort of being sent in um, on a silver platter by all of you. Um, keep them coming. And always remember that if you have questions before the show, you can always send them back in uh, by replying to Instagram posts on the actual conversations um, that are being advertised by Scott. So don't forget to do that. Um, you can catch David and I this evening. Uh, actually, I don't know if a Dave, David, are you going to be with me tonight or is it? Hold on. He is okay. He's nodding. So you can catch David and I tonight um, at our regular Q&A, um, which is um, at um, uh, 9, 9, 9 p.m.? Why, am I, why is my brain? Yeah, it's 9 p.m. Yeah, Eastern Standard, uh, otherwise known as 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So please do show up if you got some questions, if you want to follow up questions from today that you got, you got inspired by this conversation or if you just got something rattling around your brain that you want an answer to, David will be here um, with me to try to answer those. So until then, stay animated. See you guys around. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So. Until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.